Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Friday, July 15th. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to AB Cinema, where Bailey and I will discuss movie uh, reviews, news, TV shows, anything entertainment-wise that we uh, love and are really, uh, you know, attracted to. Uh, but uh, we'll start off with some news at the top of the show. Top Gun Maverick is now Paramount's highest grocer domestically. It crossed the $600 million mark and domestically beat Titanic, which means that just within the States and North America, it's made more revenue um, than the Titanic film, which is a huge accomplishment. It's not counting any revenue that they would usually get from China because it wasn't shown in China. So I just think it's a huge win for Paramount. I don't think it's anything that, like, this is obviously the biggest success story or success story of the year. It is a great film. It could probably keep going. Who knows how long, but um, it's just an exciting time, especially for um, Paramount and, you know, the potential for the Top Gun franchise. But, uh, yeah, I love this. I I personally I hope they don't try to milk this, but I'm I'm curious to see how far this this movie is going to take flight, pun intended. But I we should move on because there was some really big news that came out yesterday morning. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, got, got a full teaser trailer, and we got a little bit of a glimpse of Galadriel's Galadriel. They pronounced it in the show, and I was like, I've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. Um, Galadriel's vision, and I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with this. My thoughts when I saw it was, I hope that the show has as much epicness as the CGI does. Because I, I, I'm just, I'm nervous, I'm skeptical, but they've put so much money into this, I feel like I'm going to have to watch it especially with all the amazon prime prices hiking up and uh me wanting to get my money's worth out of it so i'll probably give it a watch i i know i will but i don't know i like it i want to see more of it and really this is a show that as much as we can talk about and all the trailers come out i really just want to see an episode before i give any sort of real judgment on it because you know, trailers can look good, but and the story can be sounding great, but I mean, who knows how it'll turn out. I'm really excited though. I I do want to watch this show. Speaking of shows, The Bear got renewed for season two. Um, and if nobody's seen this, it's on FX and it's on Hulu. It follows this big time chef who moves back to his small town and he begins working at his now deceased brother's um restaurant and really aims to lighten it up and it's it's intense it's like as crazy as it is uh, everything that i've read says it's as crazy as it is to work in a kitchen and it's really compelling 
Um, the main actor is so good in this show. And all in all, like it's just a great, well-crafted show. And so I'm excited to see uh, a season two. I'm a little curious about how they'll go about it. Because I honestly felt like this was really good as a one-shot series. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, and you, Billy, you haven't seen The Bear, right? No, I've seen it advertised, but I've I've been curious because I saw that. I was was really waiting until the whole show was released so that if I wanted to binge it, I could. But I yeah, it's got my interest because I I don't believe the finale has aired yet, has it? No, yeah, all, all the episodes are now on Hulu. I think they dropped on Hulu the same day. All of them did. Yeah. Wow, that's different technique for them, but that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited. I'm curious to see what it what they do with it i'll have to give it a shot but moving on to some adaptations or reimaginations we are heading into the world of disney with the live action lilo and stitch they announced um or it was maybe leaked but there was a big news report about it that lilo and stitch got a director dean fleischer camp I probably mispronounced it, but he or she, I believe it's a he, is uh, the director of Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which is currently sitting at 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I haven't had the chance to see it yet, but I'm really curious to check it out when it comes onto streaming platforms or to buy. And so I'm going to definitely check that one out. But um, this is pretty interesting news. I... I love Lilo and Stitch. I feel like it's going to be one of the harder ones to adapt because I feel like it could be very frightening for children when the animated cartoon is um, easy for kids to watch. So I I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe it'll be like Detective Pikachu with, with how that one turned out with all the Pokemon looking all cute and some not so cute. But we'll have to, we'll just have to see what they do. It's been hit and miss with them, but with their adaptations, their reimaginings, but we'll just have to wait and see when Lilo and Stitch comes onto Disney Plus or into theaters, depending on how they decide to go about it. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, you made you brought Detective Pikachu. Uh, Nintendo recently acquired Dynamo Pictures, which will be rebranded as Nintendo Studios, and they're hoping to create adaptations similar to, you know, in the vein of Detective Pikachu. Uh, I find this really interesting. I think it's kind of weird that it's taken nintendo this long to turn something like as valuable as their ips into the idea of movies maybe it could be that the ideas of their movies could be too expensive or you know they need something original because it's not like marvels where there's all these storylines and they make up for a great movie it's you know their their games are different but they're also beloved by people all over the world so um you know, the Mario movie being made by Illumination, it's it's almost as if Nintendo's kind of realizing, okay, maybe we have something here, but we need to capitalize uh, on it. And so they're taking it into their own hands. I like that. I just want to see a Donkey Kong spoof of King Kong. <laughs> like just pulling all the punches on it. I think that would be really funny. But yeah, that... That it's an interesting acquisition, so I'm curious to see what they do. And I, yeah, I I don't know how they're gonna go about it because there isn't a lot of story to tell. But they they have to have creative minds in order to get these games out. So hopefully, we get something good. Hopefully, the Illumination movie is 
good, even if uh, Chris Pratt doesn't do his Mario accent. <laughs> but I know everybody's hoping for that. <laughs> Chris Pratt belongs in the Marvel universe, and this is a stretch of a of a segue. But uh, moving over to the the Marvel universe, we we got our finale for Miss Marvel. What was your initial reaction to it, Adam? I think I've read online, and I think I agree. This was probably the one show that was worthy of being a show. Um, you know, it almost ends like I kind of want like a season two. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if just the story will pick up in Miss Marvels or... I'm sure they will because I, I feel like Miss Marvel isn't fit for the big screen. Like, I know she's going to show up in the Marvels like you just said, but I, I she's small screen material and that's okay. But that's... It's we get more of that, and I I liked what we got in season one. But you keep going with your your reaction. No, I just I just I liked it. I think this is probably, and it's also one of the most well cohesive shows. I think the only episode for me that was kind of weak was episode five, but um, and maybe like a little bit of the back half of four. But again, I just feel like. This was a good show, and it's probably one of the better ones. I would agree. This one really felt like the small-scale Jersey girl gets thrown into this massive world of superhero-ing. Superhero-ing? I don't know if that's the right term, but being a superhero. And I I thought it was so enjoyable. I, I On my Instagram story, my personal Instagram story, I said that this might be one of my favorite MCU shows. And, like, I, I like the shows that push things forward. Loki really pushed forward the MCU with breaking the timelines in the multiverse. And this show feels like it, it pushed forward, especially with the last couple of scenes. And we'll, we'll get into that, that. It got me really excited for what's to come. And a lot of people that saw it may not have understood what was going on. But it's... And you've probably seen stuff on Twitter or facebook or instagram that have spoiled it for you at this point but marvel did some pretty creative risks at the very end and so i'm i'm excited to talk about it later but let's talk about the show as a whole first like did you think that the plot was well developed or do you think that it could have used more time this is an interesting question i think it was good I don't think it needed more time. I think some things needed more. I'm trying to think. I really like how they set up and introduce everything in the, in the first episode. And then I kind of wish it was just more of that throughout the whole show. And it has to give way at some point to the superhero of it all. And especially because this is an origin story. Which is, you know, I'm thinking about shows that were unique in the in the Marvel verse. Which is why Loki is so good, is because it's not really an origin story, because we've had that laid out before us. But it takes some real creative risks, and um, aside from a really slow episode or like a really big filler episode, it does a lot to develop Loki as a character and um, kind of subvert some expectations that you would have in a Marvel thing. And this one kind of follows the origin format more so. 
Um, you know, she's learning her powers. She eventually becomes comes to learn her powers. And that's what happens, you know, toward the end of the show. But I just like the interplay and the emotional connections that are set up in the in the very first episode and that they develop throughout. I agree that like I still go back to like the family interactions. Like that's one of the highlights of the show for me because like Oh, absolutely. Especially in this last episode, like when she revealed her powers to or revealed yes. that she was nightlight or whatever they call her or the light and uh and then her brother like what is his name again amir or... amir yeah i believe it's amir but he uh when she reveals it and he's like what no <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> it was just a fun little react interaction and like like it just goes with that culture of like every secret isn't a secret and I, I'm glad that they did that because it's like, it sets the stakes for her going, going forward too. Like if, if they do a season two, it, it could potentially mean that she might lose a loved one and have kind of like a Spider-Man-ish feel to it, especially with No Way Home. Like if, if they went that route with losing a loved one, it could be really, I, I feel like these kids, kids superheroes don't understand the stakes until something big happens to them. And you know what else? I don't think just that. This is going to be a, a weird comparison. But I think of the scene in King Richard where Will Smith is talking to Serena, or to Venus, actually. I apologize. And he says, you know, when you he's telling her, he's like, I feel like I've had to protect you. I've had to do this. And when you go out there, you're going to be on your own. And I feel like that's what's so special about the show is that it is very much a coming of age and she comes of age and her family recognizes who she is and they support who she is and she's having more freedom and knows, okay, how do I handle this? But it also, for me, sets the, the stakes of like, now that everyone knows who she is, how worried will they be for her? Not only how much danger might they be in, but also, you know, Kind of like the Aunt May situation. What would they do to protect their child, you know? And so I just, I don't know. I love that. I do too. It Like the stakes, I think that's what makes this, like these, these younger characters so intriguing. It's because like it's this really grandiose environment that they're shoved into and they have to figure out how to maneuver through it and to make sure that they can keep the people they love safe while saving the one. And I I loved the interaction between her and her dad in this. I thought it was a little cheesy with the whole Miss Marvel name coming about, but at the same time, like, it was a really sweet and tender experience. And, like, I look forward to those talks with my daughter. Like, I'm not going to tell, like, I'm not going to be like, your your name means butterfly and now go be a butterfly superhero but i'm i'm just excited for and that is literally what my daughter's name means so um yeah i'm just really excited for those talks and it just i think that might be a reason why this show meant so much to me was just the family dynamics and i wish we got more of it but at the same time i'm i'm i think they did a very well balanced show for for what it was yeah I agree. Um, so specifically in this last episode, what did you like about it? Was there anything that really stood out to you? We're going to go full spoilers on, on the last episode right now. 
Um, (laughs) it has to be the mutant the mutant tease that was so big like i felt like in these the episode where she was with the red dagger and figuring all that out they kind of or it might have been the fifth episode when when she comes back from her vision or time travel and and then the 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 two the the people disintegrate they kind of tease that it was about inhumans at that point because it's very similar to what happens with terrigen mist which i won't get into that i won't get into that um aspect of it because it's very just go watch like the first episode of the inhumans show it's worth the crappy time that you spend uh watching it and I thought that they were going to go full throttle with the Inhumans tease and have her actually become an Inhuman. But I'm happy they didn't because the mutants are way more intriguing to me. They are... I, I want them to introduce more mutants and I, I'm i excited for what they bring to it. But I will say this. If they use that theme, the X-Men 97 theme... Every single time we hear the word mutation or mutant or X-Men, I'm going to get sick of it before we even get the mutants in the MCU completely. I think the reason they used it now is so that it's very much they know and they want you to know that it's coming. I don't think they're going to abuse it. I, I I don't think I would be surprised if in an upcoming Marvel X-Men movie they repurpose that theme and, you know, do the whole Michael Giacchino or, you know, whatever. They get oh, somebody I to repurpose. <laughs> if, if Giacchino does the score for X-Men, I'm going to lose <laughs> my brains. It's going to be great. I just feel like because Giacchino did that with, you know, the Spider-Man theme, you know, the old Spider-Man theme. He made it into when uh, Tom Holland took up the mantle. He made it into this thing. And I just feel like maybe they'll do that with the old X-Men 94 theme. So, I'm excited to see about that. And I think this is the clearest reference that we have to mutants. Um, aside from, obviously, spoilers if you haven't seen it, Professor X appearing in um, Doctor Strange. Because that w- took place in another universe, in another dimension, or another uh, timeline. I'm so sorry, I don't even know how these work right now. But I think this is the most clear reference to the idea that there are mutants and they exist in this timeline, in this earth. And so that's super exciting. I also said, if they make an X-Men movie, I will see it. I want to see if they take any creative risks with an X-Men movie. Um, I think one of the big things that I always hear about is how are they going to do Magneto? Because Magneto in the comics is based off of someone who grew up during the Holocaust as a Jew. And after witnessing the oppression and, you know, genocide of his race feels that he has an obligation to protect his own race, the mutant race. And even though his tactics are far different than professor Xavier's, it's still just such a great villain. So I want to see what they'll do with Magneto. And I just, I am excited for an X-Men movie. I just want to see that. I think if they can bring that into the Marvel universe and make it really well, I would be all on board with phase whenever X-Men comes out, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get an X-Men movie for a while, but I think we will get an X-Men origin story. Like we're going to, we may get another Disney plus show or two 
about mutants in general and I could totally see them pulling a Nick Fury and having Charles Xavier, whoever they cast as him, to show up in some of these shows. Like in maybe in Miss Marvel season two, like I, I don't think we're gonna get the the expected uh roster for the X-Men, like with Wolverine, Cyclops, and all like Jean Grey, uh, and all of the people that we we saw in the original one. I think it's gonna be a revamp, especially because of what they've done to Miss Marvel. And so I, I think it's going to be really different from what we see. And I think that it, the origin story will be about Charles Xavier's school for the gifted or whatever it's called. The long I got to say, if they change the roster, I will be a little bit disappointed. I only because it's like, you're going to bring out one of your greatest franchises and change it so that it's it's different for who knows what reason i i would i would say i would bet if they don't do what they did in the fox movies they'll do what they did like more in x-men 94 or try to stay as true to the comics as possible so that people who do go see it and say look this is how it's done because for example gambit i remember a child watching the x-men uh show and always loving Gambit, who threw cards that exploded. I still don't know understand what his power is, but uh, the fact that he was never in those movies to me kind of you know threw me for a loop. So I'm I'm excited again to see what they do with the X Men here. And or X Men Origins did him wrong. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Bailey. Is is Kamran, um in the comics? Do you know much about him in the Marvel comic world? He's an Inhuman, and his powers are. Are what they I, I believe his powers are similar to what they showed um, as far as well, the way he looks it, it, like I think in the comics he embraces his look of the 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 shimmering the shimmering goldish green yeah. hue and like his whole body is covered with it and so I think that if if we get him in season two which I'm sure we will because they, they teased him being with the Red Daggers. Honestly, I would love to see a Red Daggers show now with with them just fighting in India and or in Pakistan and and just having adventures there. I think that would be really intriguing to get the MCU there. But um, Also, briefly, I want to mention, it's X-Men 97. I'm yes. aware of that. I'm correcting it. I apologize. Continue. But um, Kamran is very similar to how he is in the comics, from what I understand. I, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the world of Miss Marvel or the Red Daggers or any of those characters or the Inhumans. Um, I'm, it just goes skin deep for me with my knowledge on them. But I, I liked his character. I felt like there wasn't a lot of resolve between him and um, Kamala. And so I, I'm curious to see how they're going to go about that because like he's, he's got a, a lot of grief to go ahead of him because he really has nobody now. Yeah. And you know, something else that I think is, is that as I was watching this last episode, I was trying to figure out, you know, who, um, the villain was of this show because the, I believe were they called the clandestine. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of happen and then you forget about them and then they happen again. And then apparently they all just vanish. I don't know. And then 
I thought, oh, maybe it's going to be Comron, you know. But then it's like actually the Department of Damage Control. And so I felt like this was struggling a little bit with like trying to find out who the real villain of the show was because I, in a Marvel show, maybe we've been conditioned or that's the formula to have something that pushes against our antagonists. Um, and to, maybe to me, yeah, to push against our protagonists, you know, maybe it just seems like they didn't set up the Department of Damage Control to truly be a villain until they needed it to be. Um, you know, it was kind of like a ping pong back and forth game between them and the clandestine. But like, again, what was more important to me, even still was just like the interactions of Kamala with whether it be Kamran, whether it be her family, whether it be Bruno, um, you know, or Nakia, you know, these are the things that I, that I really liked from this series. I would agree. Like, like I said at the very beginning, the family aspect of the show has been the most intriguing thing to me. And I'm glad that they they knew that that was a huge part of Kamala's upbringing in her comics. And, and I'm glad that they implemented it so well. I, I like the creative risks that they took. I, I think it's funny all the fanboys that are still upset about her powers changing, but it doesn't matter it's mcu it's not the comics so do you know why they changed her powers there's the thought i'm of the opinion that it's because it would have been just too similar to fantastic four to mr fantastic yeah but at the same time her powers are very similar to another x-men character um which i can't remember her name right now and because there are so many x-men and then they're also similar to miss uh, Mrs. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, mm-hmm. uh, with creating the energy shields, and so I, I don't know. I think they wanted to change it up a little bit and just be a little unique, because this isn't the comics. This is the MCU. It's its own storyline that we're following. It's it's very very different. Like even the Infinity War storyline is a little bit different from, from the infinity war or the infinity gauntlet storyline so i don't i'm totally fine with the changes they made the liberties they took and i i love the tease for the marvels at the very end did you Mm -hmm. did you like that i don't know (laughs) it was an okay tease like it happened I don't know. I'm not. I never even saw the first Captain Marvel, to be honest. Oh, you didn't? No, I did not watch it. Um, it's not just, bad, but it's not great. I still just feel like, for me, maybe it just came at a weird time in the MCU. Infinity it War did. had just come out, and that was supposed to bridge those two movies, but really it was just supposed to give them the Deus Ex Machina in Endgame, you know? And so that was okay, but like, I never saw it. So. I think I'm excited to see Miss or the Marvels um, because I do want to see Kamala Khan again. I want to see what they do with a Rambo character from WandaVision. And this one might be more of its own thing, I suppose, if that makes sense. And so that might make me a little more interested rather than the initial thing being oh, this is the strongest character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have to have her movie so that you see how powerful she is in Endgame. You know what I mean? 
you know, I we don't know a lot about Miss Mar or the Marvels, and I think this movie is going to be way bigger than we think. Because I I believe Samuel L. Jackson is in that movie, and and that he'll be returning for that one. So if that's going to be the case, I imagine we'll be getting a lot of the characters from Secret Invasion showing up in there as well. Which, if they continue the storyline from Secret Invasion into the Marvels, it's going to be a pretty massive movie. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do. And for our fans out there who, for like the 14 listeners that we get on each episode, um, the bands that Kamala is wearing are nega bands is what they're called. And they are actually from a different character, but it seems like they're taking some, some creative liberties with that as well. And essentially what happens is the other person that's wearing it or, or has it, they essentially switch places. And so I imagine that there's going to be a scene where Miss Marvel is finding something or not Miss Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel finds something. And then we see the other side of it. And then she teleports into the bedroom, um, which this, this scene wasn't even shot by the directors of Miss Marvel. It was sh- shot by Nia DaCosta who is filming the Marvels right now. And so they, they were like, when they saw that they were, uh, the directors were really confused as to why that happened, but they were like, Oh, that's interesting. So that was pretty cool to see the, the blinders that they put on their own directors so that they don't get spoiled anything. But I, I'm really curious to see how they're going to interpret these bands and, because they don't belong to Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. They belong to a completely different character. And so I'm curious to see what they're going to do, if they're going to adapt that character, which I can't remember their name. But yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting movie next year. Mm-hmm. So Bailey, if you had to give the show a grade, how would you grade it? As I would, the season as a whole? I would give it an A. And my... My reason for not having it as an A plus is just because the the lack of a villain, which isn't that big of a deal to me because there was still conflict for the character. Um, I just wish we got more of a classic MCU story. And so I, I think that for what this character was, it was really good and done very well. I I just wish we got a little bit a little bit more. Yeah. What I'll, grade would you give it? I'll give it a B. Uh for the reason the villain, I just I feel like this was probably a really good opportunity for them to break the mold even if we didn't have a villain, you know. Um but I just I just liked it. So, um you know, for me I feel like B is a pretty good grade. <laughs> but uh some people might disagree, but I liked it. Yeah, I I really look forward to what they do in this next year of the MCU. I feel like we're starting to see things come together a little bit more, which some people may not think that, but I think we're I'm, starting I'm, to get... I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, I think we're starting to get a vision of what's to come. And I, I think that Black Panther Wakanda Forever will, will do some a little bit of that as well, but I think... 
next year is going to be very big when it comes to um, the crossovers that are happening with Quantum Mania and with the Marvels and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and whatever comes out later that year, which I think will probably be pushed back. But I, I'm just really curious to see what they're going to do this next year because I feel like we're, we're halfway through the year and we don't have a lot of stuff left for Marvel. I mean, there's maybe three or four small projects with She-Hulk, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, the Werewolf by Night show, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. So we don't have a, like a ton of big things coming besides Black Panther. And so I'm, it's going to be a good good next year i'm i'm really i'm more looking forward to next year than i am to the latter half of this this current year of marvel projects yeah i agree um i keep talking and rambling (laughs) you're good um that should do it for our episode today uh please follow us on social media we're on instagram twitter letterboxd facebook as av cinema av cinema pod or av cinema podcast you can email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com please like and subscribe to the to the podcast leave a review um let us know how we're doing comment send us messages we'd love to hear from you we hope that everyone has a great day and as always keep watching movies